Are you this in is the Rich Eisen Show? Sing. Bridges! Oh my god! Oh! A thunderbolt from Bridges! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Oh my word! The Rich Eisen Show. Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters champion. Today's guests. NFL draft prospect Kyle Pitts, actor O'Shea Jackson Jr., actor Jonathan Tucker, ESPN Scott Van Pelt, and now it's Rich Eisen. All righty, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, three hours from Los Angeles, California. I have been awarded after a dynamite up and down thrilling weekend. <laughs> I have been awarded the green zip-up sweater, and I decided to wear it today. I might be figuratively spiking the football. I'm just trying to describe to the radio audience. I just, uh, you know, it's what I get for being best dad ever over the weekend. Uh, good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. Hey, hey Rich Eisen. Del that? Tufo's doing whatever the hell he says he needs to be doing. I have no idea. Good to what see you, Mr. Feller. What did he tell you, Jason? You. What did he tell you that he's doing Where today? is he? I, I need you to cover me. That's what it That's was. It. Yeah, all right, all right. All right. That's all I have No questions asked. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson. How are you? Hey, you know, WrestleMania weekend, That's and I'm to doing say, great. Rich. We didn't see Del Tufo hitting people on top of the head with folding chairs. That wasn't him, right? <laughs> he, was, he didn't fly to Tampa, hit people on top of the head with folding chairs. I mean, there was a masked man in the crowd, so. Okay, could have yeah. been. Could have been. Uh, well, one of our guests today, TJ Jefferson, is because you alerted me mm-hmm. uh, during part of Saturday's uh, WrestleMania 37 event that O'Shea Jackson Jr. was tweeting his head off. I started looking at his Twitter feed. I'm like, okay, he will be our WrestleMania 37 correspondent. He's calling into the show in hour number three. I do believe he also wants to talk about how the depleted Lakers went in and spanked the Nets despite, you know, Hard- uh, Harden being out and Durant yeah. being on a minutes type of restriction and all that stuff. I don't know if it's something to brag about. Ah, hey, look, the net, the, the Lakers were going straight into the uh, the playing rounds, and um, they might be still headed there, but it was a big week weekend of, uh, of basketball for the Lakers, so he wants to call in and, uh, and, and have a great chat about that. And another so. thing for O'Shea calling in, you know, the number one Laker fan, the day is the anniversary of Kobe's Achilles injury. How so. about oh, that? Yeah. Okay. Well, so that just gives you another reason. I don't reason. know if that's something he wants to talk Dang. about or what have you. And uh, we've got a great guest list uh, on this program. Let us talk about the Masters before we hit our guest list a little bit more. Um, nothing makes me want to hit a golf ball more than watching the Masters. I, I you know, at one point, Sir Nick Faldo and his sideburns said uh, during <laughs> what the broadcast. with those things? Don't know. Um, and so it was great. Is uh, Hey, look, man, whatever he wants to do. He's Sir Nick. So at one point, uh, Nick Faldo said it's the greenest, most beautiful golf course on earth. And it it is so hard to argue. And I don't know if it because there were fewer patrons, as they like to say this year or or what have you. But we saw more of the course than we've ever seen before. Um, And part of it is because there were fewer patrons or the fact that they they put a drone overhead. CBS was was there were more aerial shots of that cool. beautiful golf course so nice. than I think I've ever seen before. Yeah. Not a blimp, but just it, it was stupendous. It just looked beautiful. It the presentation is amazing, and um, even my seven year old daughter and I say that by saying even my seven year old daughter, she loves golf, but she was watching with me, and that's why I'm like even a seven year old. She says to me, Dad, when are we going to go hit golf balls? 
watching oh. the Masters. You know what I mean? Like she, oh. she's even got the like at age seven, it gives you the bug of wanting to get out there and being part of the the golf world. And it's just so beautiful. It's so amazing. There is nothing like it. And every other major, as we all know, rotates different venues. This is the only major that stays put. And the course has its own personality. The back nine has its own personality. The fact that, well, they're going into the par fives, 13 through 15. John Rahm had a terrific front nine, and and, and, and they're showing him tear it up. And Faldo's like, you know what? He's six, seven shots back. He's going into the par fives. Those par fives give anybody a shot to come from way back. It's... It's a it's a perfectly constructed championship course because if you're way back, you can make up ground. The par threes are there to stick it to you sometimes too, but if you make your shots, you can go on a run from anywhere on the leaderboard and win it. And you could be so far in front, you have no idea what can happen. Certainly as grips and throats get tighter, And I tweeted out during the first few holes yesterday that it seemed like the golf gods, the master's gods, and the weather gods all got together after waking up on the wrong side of the bed and conspired. And I got a bunch of responses. Looks like a beautiful day to me, Rich. It's a beautiful day. Except you look at the flags on the sticks, and they are (laughs) stiff. I mean, they are – they're just absolutely getting blown to bits. The wind, a couple times, Matsuyama on the first few holes, he had to step away from his shot because yeah. you had a time with the gusts. It was really, they, there were gusts in Augusta, nice. essentially what I'm saying. Well done. Hey, I don't just get awarded the zip-up green sweater for just showing up, Chris, okay? <laughs> so Was Nance uh, here and I missed it? No. In the, was he in the back? Hello, friend. <laughs> so I'm sitting there thinking this is – um, a fun watch, and I know that there wasn't much drama until the back nine, but to me, watching Hideki Matsuyama, who has a lot of expectations in his career, to see him show up and show out and and perform the way he did through the first three rounds, including on 18 to wrap up uh, his day on Saturday, he hit a shot so far behind the green on 18 that Nance said he's never seen somebody that far past the green on 18 ever at the Masters. And this was his 36th Master. And he bumped and ran it and got in in two from that spot to finish up a bogey-free round on Saturday. Now here he is on Sunday. And I know... We're, we're missing Tiger, and I know there were, with the exception of Xander Shoffley and Billy Madison's caddy, who we'll get to in a second, <laughs> there weren't that happy many. Gilmore's rich. Happy, happy Gilmore. Me, happy, Gilmore. Happy, Gilmore <laughs> happy Gilmore's uh, caddy. <laughs> Wrong guy. I understand there weren't that a, a lot of Americans at the top of the, um, at the, top of the leaderboard. But f- to see Matsuyama do what he was doing, And I'll say it, in this day and age where we are seeing so much anti-Asian behavior in this country, my hometown, videos of people of Asian descent 
get shoved over on the streets just because they look Asian. To see Matsuyama perform in front of this American stage, I understand the international stage, certainly for his bank account, is particularly important. His national stage. To see him perform in this manner in front of this audience on this stage at this time was particularly moving to me. Particularly moving to me. Seeing his caddy bow to the golf course. Seeing him get emotional as Dustin Johnson, you have to say this, slipped the green jacket on him. You don't, you don't place it on him. You slip it on him. To see him wear that green jacket and also know what's probably going through his brain knowing that his championship, his first major championship, what this means for his career, and I'm reading all these articles, that it it could mean a quarter of a million dollars for his lifetime earnings just alone. For him to be the first man from Japan to win the Masters, what a figurative flag to plant for him and his country and his family. Couldn't have been happier there. But man, did the masters and golf gods conspire to make it a little bit of a wild ride in those par fives. Just when you thought that Matsuyama could use those par fives to his advantage, that's when Xander Shoffley started birding four birdies in a row while Matsuyama was all over the place and by all over the place in the same way that he was in a spot on 18 that I've never seen before and Nance has never seen before. He was in a spot on 15 that I did not know existed. Okay, and and part of the reason for this is because there are fewer patrons. For instance, I don't think, um, Chris, tell me if I'm wrong, on that finishing hole on Saturday where he was so far back on 18, I think he did he did put it up the alleyway where players walk off to sign their cards. <laughs> right. So he might have placed it in between <laughs> fans. There are just fewer like you saw right. spots where normally it would hit a patron. It would have hit someone, yeah. And on fifteen, I again I've never been so fortunate to be at Augusta National. I would love to one day. It would be a very long walk spoiled for me. But where he was on 15, I didn't know the water on 16 was right there. Right? I didn't know there was water behind 15. Had no idea. He found it. Didn't have any clue. He, uh, I, I didn't even know where the hell the drop area was there. I've never seen that before. In my life, I've never seen a player hit it there in, in the Masters. And there he was oh. with Shoffley charging. And you're like, uh-oh. And and forget about, you know, one of those things at some point, if you hit a bad tee ball, it's like, forget about the eagle. Yeah. Then you hit, you know, a bad approach. I won't forget about birdie. He was like, forget about bogey. Yeah. He was like, that's the end of that. Right. Like, he would have to get some sort of special save just to not get but one stroke added to his score. Holy crap. He uh, When he was there, I thought to myself, he could hit it in the... Other side. More traditional water right. on 15. And he, he did. hits the wrong slope. It just keeps going. And suddenly he's looking at an eight. 
Like you said, I've never seen anyone hit it there. And that was kind of the first bit of drama on Sunday that it was just kind of a ho-hum yep. master Sunday. Zalatoris made a couple birdies, but you didn't think he was really going to threaten. It was just kind of, will Hideki blow it at some point? Right. And he was just cruising. And then you went, uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. And now all of a sudden, it's real tight going to 16. And... Shoffley, who just birdied, damn near eagled yeah. from the bunker. He, It's his honor on the tee, and he puts it in the drink on 16, yeah. which is like, you never see that either. Ne- never, never, never. Certainly on a Sunday, you don't yeah. see it in the drink. Yeah. I mean, you could see it left up high, and then, of course, if you leave it up high or- and the ball doesn't catch that ridge and get down to the hole... That leaves a right an impossible second shot that would be so difficult to leave you within par range, and then you bogey. You don't double. You don't. You don't three jack. Now the par three. You don't double square box a with a six, no. which is what Shoffley did because he kind of blew the 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 drop area shot too, and that was all she wrote there. That was all she wrote there. And we're seeing the photograph of his swing, and it's just like perfect. It's just that looks like exactly, I, you know, my Xander is a righty as well. I was going to show him, hey, look at this Xander. <laughs> but that's what we're talking about with your knees bent and getting hit and down on the ball. And he's ready to, like, he's th- this is the Masters. Oh. He's got it. Because if he had put it on 16, on the table at least. Just if give he him a shot. Been, right. Yeah. Because he was coming off, he had four birdies in a row going right. to 16. And then, and you're like, here we go. And then you can't, you know, basically say, well, Matsuyama bogeyed 18, and that would have made it that much closer because Matsuyama would have played 18 differently yeah, if he didn't have the cushion to give up. We'll talk about what Scott Van Pelt on this program. He's going to join us in about five minutes' time. Uh, Jonathan Tucker is on this program as well. He's in the NBC show Debris. Uh, perfect timing for him. He's a Boston Red Sox fan. Your Red Sox are playing very well first two weeks out of the gate. Let's go. Yankees finally took one from the Rays. Um, and extras. And, and the man who, Bucky Brooks, my colleague at the NFL Media Group, as you know, one of the top NFL talent evaluators in all the land, he called our first guest second hour, second guest overall in this program. He called him a gold jacket talent. Many people have this man, the top NFL prospect on the draft board. Normally, that will make you a first overall selection in the NFL draft when you are, without a doubt, called a gold jacket talent. And many people saying this is, we're going to talk about football players, number one football player on the draft board. Problem is, he's a tight end. And tight ends don't get drafted first overall. I wonder what Kyle Pitts has to say about that (laughs) when he joins us on this program. Top of our number two. We'll ask him that point blank. Who is he talking to? Has he talked to the Falcons? If he says he's talked to the 49ers, I will begin my first time just a little bit concerned about eating somebody's sweatshirt from (laughs) Oshkosh, Wisconsin. But I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. Someone's heavily worn sweatshirt. But there you have it. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, top of our number three. O'Shea Jackson Jr., Jonathan Tucker, our three. Scott Van Pelt, when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen Show to talk about the 2021 Masters that Scott just finished covering and then so much more 
right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Before we take a beat, though, uh, I want to tell you a little bit more about the Callaway epic driver that we saw in the hands of so many players this weekend. Phil was bombing it. What a great Sunday Phil Mickelson had, huh? It was just great seeing him out there hitting bombs. Xander over, over 50 in the mix. Hitting oh, bombs. Wow. The epic Love speed it. driver. You can get it, it, too. Callaway's using artificial intelligence to bring you the future of speed. The epic speed driver has something called jailbreak speed frame within it. It's an AI-designed structure. Connects the top and the bottom of the driver right behind the face. So it enhances torsional stability at impact. So to use just the common words that you might need to know. The driver head doesn't twist and deform when you hit the ball. So more energy stays in the driver face, transfers to the golf ball. More energy to the golf ball means more ball speed. So great. The Epic driver is there for just about any player. The Epic Max has a lot of forgiveness, so people like me will love it. The Epic Speed is the fastest Epic, and the players, uh, better players Epic Max LS capitalizes on the tour-preferred combination of low spin plus high stability. Check out the Epic family of drivers at CallawayGolf.com slash Epic. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Epic. The magical Van Peasy, Scott Van Pelt, when we come back right here on the Postmasters edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Has Coughlin ever been on Entourage? Did you no, try to get Coughlin cool. on? No, we had we did have Dicka. We had Barry Alvarez in terms of coaching. We never had Coughlin. Um, we were supposed to have 
Eli, uh, the only giant we had, uh, Strahan was on. Strahan yeah. did come yeah. on and did a, a cameo. That was the only giant. There you go. There's a giant yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Did Bel has Belichick ever been reached out to to be on Entourage? His son was hanging out on the set. Yeah. Do you remember that? I guess his son is good friends with Doug Allen. Okay. And he kind of, I don't know if it was like an intern kind of thing. I think yeah, he yeah. spent the summer where he, he spent some time on the set just kind of maybe shadowing Doug and, uh, and observing. I mean, look, we had Brady. And uh, Belichick. Twice. Yeah, we have we Brady have him on twice. The, in the movies and on the show. Right. And you, Gronk's in the movie. Well, and Edelman. Edelman's in the movie. Yeah. Gronk's in the movie. Yeah. Russell Wilson, we know, is in the movie yes. because uh, somebody broke a leg. <laughs> yeah. The right. pass heard around the world. Right. I mean, <laughs> what, walk me through that. What, what happened on the, the on, actual on the, play? Yeah. What happened with Russell Wilson? You know, it, it was supposed to be and, <clears throat> here. We're going to there's a beach montage kind of party scene. And Doug was like, oh, we'll get a shot of Russell, you know, throwing you guys some passes. You guys will go one on one a little bit. And mm -hmm. of course, we made the agreement like, all right, let's go easy. Mm -hmm. But Connolly drilled me on the first take. I do a little five <laughs> yard out and he just pops me. And then we just went back and forth a couple of times. I think the actual play. You know, post route, he caught it. I kind of wrapped him up, and I was, I think the play was stopping, and he tried to extend to break the plane. Sort of like Dez in, in, in Green Bay. Exactly, exactly. and like okay. left his feet, and I kind of slid down his body a little bit, and I think my weight. You snapped his leg. Yeah, well, yeah. you snapped Kevin Connolly's leg as he's trying to score on a Russell you Wilson. Like Lawrence Taylor on Theisman. <laughs> I still, I still am not over it because. We and everyone and oh, all the no. football players in the building, you'd think someone would be like, oh, he broke his leg. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's a high ankle sprain. Guy worked for like two more days. Did he? Finally got x rays. He, he walked broke around his leg on a broken leg doing scenes, like doing these walking talks. Tough kid. Tough yeah. kid. So, did, did, Iron Man. Did the take it at least make the movie? Did it make the final Was cut? Is it in there? I don't think it is. No. They gotta, they gotta put that in. I mean, That's come on. Oh, oh, I man. think the one of we him gotta, laying me out's in there. So, uh, we have to unlock the picture. Right now, you know, we he played broke his it leg over and over again trying to figure out what happened. Is it a brutal? And it was, it was actually <laughs> tried to, it was pretty hard to watch, you know. That's six years ago, Chris. <laughs> Next month. That's crazy. Oh man. my gosh. Six years ago. Go to our YouTube archive, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Over 251,000 subscribers there now. Go down a nice little wormhole and keep up to date. With us on this show, Kyle Pitts of University of Florida Football and the top of the NFL draft will be joining us in hour two. O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Jonathan Tucker in hour number three here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We are now one big happy simulcast family. Again, radio and television streaming right here on Peacock. PeacockTV.com if you haven't gotten it. Of course you did. It was at Wrestle, home of WrestleMania 37 this week. This weekend, and uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. will be calling as our special correspondent. Uh, joining you here uh, once again on the Rich Eisen Show, one of my favorite people that I've known for quite some time. Got to work with him, and I uh, love seeing him do his thing on the Midnight Sports Center Eastern every single night, as well as just doing great stuff, as we just saw uh, there at uh, Augusta National for the 2021 Masters. My buddy, Scott Van Pelt, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Scott? I'm well, Rich. Things good on your end? You're doing great. So uh, do you want to talk about the Masters, or you want to help me go viral by telling me what you stole from Butler Cabin and just come and clean about it right now, Scott? What do you want to do? You know, I've, uh, I've been in there five years, uh, and I've, I've managed. Hold on, Charlie. That's my guy, Charlie, in the backseat. We're riding home. Oh, uh, my gosh. You got, a, you're doing <laughs> On a strawberry strawberry eclair, and he's just oh. he's ready to go. Uh, oh, good. So, you know, if, he, if, any, if there's anybody screaming in the back, it's just father just of the year. My little guy. I love it. And Charlie, don't tell him. Don't tell. Don't tell him what Daddy stole from the Butler Cabin. 
Um, it's, been, it's been five years, Rich. I managed to just, you know, it's like Dufresne and Shawshank. You just very, you know, subtly, like it's, it's like a handful of stones a day. You can't go in there and just like take the couch. You know what I mean? No, I know that. So, uh, I know. It's, uh, you know, you got to like a handful of pebbles. No, honestly, I've, I've taken nothing. I, I will say this yes. in, all, in all sincerity. Yes, sir. You and I both been lucky to do this for a lot of years. You, 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 and you look around from time to time and you think, how in the hell did this happen? That this is where I get to be today. This is where mm. I get to sit. This is my office for the day. And never more do I feel that than the two days a year when Thursday and Friday I'm sitting in there in the Butler cabin and the Masters is going on and I'm the guy that when the music starts, I'm talking. It just blows my mind every time. Well, it's well-deserved, Scott. You're great at it. And that is so cool to just be. And I mean, so there's like pictures on the wall, right? And, and um, just, you know... Just uh, a few. You get the Bob. J- it's pretty. It's you know what the truth of it is. Hmm. Like it's very, um, it's very understated. Like it's you know I I think the first time I walked in there I was per- I was ready for it to be you know just way over the top and yeah. all. And then I realized that's that, that's silly because that's not the way that Augusta National Golf Club really does stuff. It just it's not opulent and whatever else. It's just uh, this is a cabin on a golf course and there's you know Bob Jones picture behind you and you've got a couple of chairs and Curtis Strange and I watch golf and. And there's monitors everywhere and all the rest of it. But I mean, it, again, it's it's you know, it's the Masters. It was great to be back in April. It felt a bit more like what we're used to, and that was very welcome. Exactly, no doubt about it. Scott Van Pelt here on the Rich Eisen Show. Please put in perspective to me what you think uh, the Hideki Matsuyama victory means. It's it's so significant globally, and it's hard for us to understand here. Um, and I've not been to Japan in my life. I've been really blessed to travel quite a bit. I've never been there, but everyone who has traveled in the golf circles has explained that it's it's beyond your comprehension the level of um, passion they have for golf in Japan. And and he is the first Japanese male to win a major, and he didn't just win a major, but he won the Masters. And so. And I saw these great pictures on Twitter. Like, I think he's going like through O'Hare, just yep. walking around with a jacket over his shoulder, heads back to Tokyo. And like Andy North is convinced, Rich, that this is going to mean over the course of his life eight billion dollars. The, the 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 money he will command, the sponsorships, what he'll be able to get in terms of ancillary income is impossible to fathom. But he earned it by playing uh, really a great nine holes of golf on Saturday. And then hanging on for dear life on Sunday. And I, I, I think the weight of it was clear. I mean, he, he basically hit it off the hosel on the first tee, which, you know, you can understand how scared you'd be. But Noble was really able to mount a challenge. And, you know, he's the 25th-ranked player in the world. He's been out for a decade since he was the low amateur at Augusta. This was always something people in the game thought he might do, uh, break through in a big way. And, and this was it. And, he, and he, he absolutely earned it. But... You know, from a viewing perspective, he he managed to make it not as thrilling as it often is. You know, it got close for a second there, and then Xander puts it in the water on 16, and you're like, I guess that's it. And that pretty much was. Well, I mean, in terms of where he was off the green on 15, would would there normally have been patrons there to to block that from no reaching? No, so no, never behind on 15. Unbelievable. They are to the they are to the left of 15 green. Right. Um. But that no, that would have gone in, and it was interesting. And, and I get you know the way we react, particularly golf Twitter, um, not the most reasonable bunch. Um, <laughs> although, as we know, social media not the place to go for positive reinforcement. Um, yes, it's it's it, it, you know the people are like oh, why would you go for it? Well, if you've listened through the years, Andy Curtis, 
Nick Faldo on, on the CBS broadcast, they'll tell you that third shot on 15, if you're on the downhill lie, trying to hit it to that tiny little green from 80 yards, hard as hell. And, I mean, he stuffed it the day before. And in this particular instance, he just he happened to, to hit it too hard. And all of a sudden, it kind of opened the door for a moment. But then, you know, Xander, uh, as we said, you know, he, he managed to shut the door on his own toe there on 16 when he, when he put one in the water himself. And so, again, if you're saying, Scott Van Pelt, that, that Andy North, who I recall my time at ESPN, there's only two ways to refer to him, which is two-time U.S. Open champ Andy North. Or if you're at the U.S. Correct. Open, if you're at the U.S. Open, it's Andy North, two-time winner of this event. Those are the only two times I ever referred to Andy in those actual ways. Um, so uh, if you're saying it's worth a billion dollars to Matsuyama, the photograph that you referred to earlier in this conversation of him chilling out at O'Hare or at Atlanta, I guess, making his way to Chicago to connect back home with the green jacket draped over just some spot that we would all sit in just waiting for the flight. Uh, this is his last commercial flight of his life, pretty much right here, <laughs> what we're looking at. If, if, I would think that private aviation is something we'll be sorting out very shortly. <laughs> uh, and, and by that, I mean, you know, let's. I, I, let's let's buy the jet. Um, you know, let's the the. the uh, I don't know a lot about that space. I mean, I'm lucky enough to work with some people that are, uh, from time to time you can get from A to B, and and we're grateful for that. But I'm talking about when you got a billion with a B. I think maybe you just buy the equipment, Rich. Yeah, you just you, go for you, you stop <laughs> having to lay over and hope that the Aunt Annie's is open at the B terminal. You know. <laughs> Yeah, just let me put. Would you mind watching my stuff while I go to the Cinnabon to grab something? I mean, Sparrows. Hey, I don't know. You're you. Hey, sketchy person. I just met sitting next to you. Could you keep an eye on this while I wander over here and, and try to see if I can get a, get to a Five Guys? Yeah, that, those days are done. So and, those and, days are done. And in all seriousness, is there is there no like masters um, zip up sort of travel bag that they give you for the jacket and and. There is, but I'm thinking if I just want it, then I'm gonna I'm gonna flex on everybody in this terminal and let y'all know who I am. I mean, no, no. come on, why why are you walking with that toad over your shoulder? Hell, I'd be wearing Phil Mickelson wore it to, to Krispy Kreme uh, the Monday after. Like there was that great picture where he's in it driving up to the Krispy Kreme. You, if you win the Masters, Rich, you're not putting it in the garment bag in O'Hare. That's what I'm saying. Atlanta, or wherever the hell it's, you are. It was. Yeah. I just didn't know it's like an Augusta, an Augusta National zip up. You know, garment bag comes with the jacket that he. I guess you are you get to wear, you know, outside of the club for the first year. Correct. That's the correct. that's the the way correct. it works. Oh. And then it's there for the rest of forever. Um, and having not one, I don't know all the protocols. Yes. But my understanding is that there is the zip up that you get, and uh, you know, you probably that Monday after you probably don't use that zip up. You probably just go ahead and drape it over your arm as you stroll through the terminal, <laughs> um, getting on the. Uh, I, I'm just I'm just picturing that scene because you just get that little snapshot on social media and yeah. it's just like I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine like is there a, is there a swarm of people surrounding or or is he just sort of casually walking through the green jacket would be quite a giveaway though yeah well one thing not I, a lot of those I'm not putting it in the on the ground in society rich you know right I'm just I'm not putting it in the overhead so somebody's you know. Uh, carry on can just shove it on takeoff. You know what I mean? Like it's just right. Somebody takes their they take their toomey and wedge. <laughs> they got that handle in their hand and they're like, oh, I can, it, it'll fit, it'll fit. No, no, I won't. That's my jacket. I just want it. Could you? I, I have a feeling that probably gets sorted out. I don't know though. I don't know. You never know. Uh, travel gets travel gets grim. That's why. That's why my man needs a G five. <laughs> Scott Van Pelt here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. 
Um, you referred to golf Twitter and social media, and it's not the most, um, I guess, well-rounded bunch. And, you know, uh, I, I so I say this knowing that there's always knee-jerk reactions and, uh, and knowing that once upon a time, Phil Mickelson could never win the big one. And we all know what that turned out to look like. It didn't age well. So I, I say this gingerly, but I'll ask it anyway. Is it possible that Bryson DeChambeau is not built for Augusta National? What it, do you think? It is, and it's, it's, it's interesting to hear him honestly kind of entertain the, the reasons why. Because he is, so, he is so meticulous in his prep, and he is so thorough in, in crunching the numbers to use them to figure out how he wants to do approach a hole and approach a tournament, right? I mean, it's very analytical. And they don't provide you all of the intel and the yardage books and things there that they do at other golf courses. So it's on you to figure it out. And I think that I think that kind of jams him up a little bit. Hmm. Um, I, and, I mean, we're guilty of it, and I joked with our, our, our producers afterwards. I'm like, hey, when we go to Kiowa, do we have to show 700 swings of him on the driving range swinging 800 miles an hour? Like, is that necessary? <laughs> Because um, leading into this, that's all we did. Uh, here he is in the range. It doesn't matter how far you hit it at Augusta. You better figure out how to hit it on the right place in the greens and make putts. Um, but, but having said all this, Rich, um, and I'm on record as, as having said I would have lost all of my money and all of my future earnings probably 15 years ago if you would have bet me that Phil Mickelson could never in his life win the Open Championship because the style he played over there mm-hmm. – Never would work. Hits the ball way too high, just doesn't have the patience for it. He'll never figure out Lynx golf. And then he won at Muirfield with one of the best rounds I've ever seen. So DeChambeau's immensely talented, and he's a young man, and there's no reason he can't figure out Augusta National. He just hasn't yet. And if he's patient and he's that there for the next 20 years, there's, you know, there's no reason that one of those years he won't marry his length and his ability uh, and just obliterate the par fives. But the one thing I'll say is when you, you go to Augusta and you say it's a par 67, you know, and then you don't break par, it, I do think that there's a certain level of satisfaction among those, you know, that are down there that the guy who says your golf course is like a, a 67, a par 67 and can't break par, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe ramp it back a little bit. You know what I mean? Huh. It's just certain things you don't do with Augusta. You don't sort of talk about it like it's a pitch and putt. Yeah, you know, and it's just, it's humbling, right? Or do you think, it's not humbling I do. for him. Okay. I, no, I do. I believe that. Uh, listen, I, I I think the guy's great for the game. I think he's he's he draw it's he draws eyeballs and attention, and and he's not afraid to say that he thinks that if he plays the way he can play it, that it's a par sixty seven. So like you want to put you know, you're putting your you're putting your own you're putting your own neck on the line when you say that. So he wasn't he's not afraid of that. Um, but I think he's owned it. He's been honest about how much he really looks forward to the challenge and trying to figure it out over the time, and that, that thus far he just hasn't. So it's okay. I mean, a lot of guys haven't figured that place out. You know, it's a, it's a challenge. It really is. That's why I think a guy like Mariyama, who's played there ten times, um, is is a, a very worthy winner. Um, and what it makes what the kid uh, Zalatoris did amazing. He's he's twenty four years old. He's never played there before in his life, and. He's out there, you know, throwing punches, man. I, I loved watching that guy play. He was fearless, and he looked like he thought he belonged, which was great. Well, I mean, he has given Happy Gilmore some uh, some of the distances, so it's not like it's his first rodeo, right? There you go. 
There you go. You know, I mean, if you saw <laughs> if you saw um, if you saw uh, Sandler's tweet during the uh, during the broadcast yesterday, he was uh, he was saying that he looked like uh, his caddy. He says, "Mr. Gilmore is watching you and very proud. Have fun today, young man." It's pretty funny. That's you know? awesome. I, I just I said on the uh, on one of the eight hundred hits we did on Sports Center that he's. Zalatoris has like a trapper keeper in his back pocket, and I'm just like I'm afraid if he gets too much weight on his right side, he's going to fall over. Because I mean, he they say he weighs a buck sixty five. Like I don't unless if he has seven cinder blocks in his back pocket, he doesn't weigh one sixty five. Hey man, uh, great job again. I know you're uh, you're uh, you're pulling double duty with being a dad and calling into the show and being a good friend. I, I really appreciate that. Great stuff as always. Yep. And let's talk down the line, okay? I, uh, I always enjoy it. Happy, happy draft. I look forward to watching you guys thrive and do all that great stuff. And uh, I, 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 until next time, stay well. Always uh, fun to talk. With you. I appreciate it. You be well, too, Scotty. That's uh, yep. Scott Van Pelt. Check him out on SportsCenter every, every night, midnight, Eastern, from Washington, D.C., at Not the Fake SVP, one of the good humans in our business. Best dad ever, pulling double duty right there. He's basically saying, do we have to show DeChambeau uh, swinging from his heels every two seconds? And the answer is yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we, we were fascinated by that. Yeah. We're fascinated by that. And I think it's going to, you know, in the same way, you know, that running quarterbacks don't want to be known as running quarterbacks, that they want to throw from the pocket. They are quarterbacks. Right, they're not runners who can throw. They right. are quarterbacks. Right. I can look over a defense and decipher it just like any drop back quarterback. I just happen to run, and all you and the media want to talk about is running. I think at the same point, maybe Deshambo will will bristle. I'm a I'm a player. I'm a championship player. I'm not just a big hitter. You know, I'm not just somebody who lifts weights and I'm not just a big hitter who's just going to swing from my heels. I have a brain in my head and I know what I have to do. I know what shots I have to make. I just hit it longer than everyone else. Makes the course a little bit shorter for me. And I'm a player. I'm not just a guy who swings from my heels, even though the video went viral of him looking like a total lunatic like he, he honestly he looked like the tasmanian devil from bugs bunny on the practice range as vj singh was looking at him we had our fun with him we did i mean this is the u.s open champion that's right. out there on the range but the masters is a totally different story where it tests you in every possible way your patience very much so. And here's a guy who couldn't wait to be flipped another golf ball so he could snatch it out of the air, put it on the ground, and show VJ saying, This is how you hit it. <laughs> so I think at some point, though, don't you think that he will bristle at all of the attention that that gets? And that we will then label him as something that's an anomaly still. But he's got to show up at Augusta. You know, give us a top five. Let's see you Sunday afternoon. Let's see you. Let's see you in one of the last three groups Sunday afternoon. Oh, obviously, we're just talking about this past year. Let's see you Sunday afternoon with a jacket on the line. He's twenty-seven. I'm gonna give him no, I know the that. benefit of the doubt. Don't that forget, like Phil. Phil couldn't win the big one. Remember yeah, exactly. That? It took Phil a long time. I, I'm gonna. Give him the benefit that he's going to be able to put some of this, you know, Hulk smash play to the side so he can play Augusta and 
you know, craft out. And we'll see. If he it's still doesn't. It, it's not like he's got to pull back from the tee. It's just that from where you hit it off the tee, you still must throw that dart. Got to throw darts, man. You got to throw that dart and I to the about, spot where you make right. it and then roll it in. And you talk about Matsuyama on Saturday. That man was throwing darts. He was. And then when he wasn't, then he missed it. He was, as they like to say, sublime around the, around the greens. Yeah. Got to put it all together. Got to put it all together, man. It's not like he didn't do that for the U.S. Open, but, I mean. It's not drive for dough, Rick. Smash and grab it's, golf. It's drive for show. He's going to get totally, it's going to bristle. And then he'll, maybe that'll be part of the process when he gets to Augusta National in 2022. But it's fun. It's, it's it's disappointing that he's not out there. I mean, yeah, it's just, I, w- I mean, I wanted to see him. Absolutely, uh, we really. I mean, no question. The coverage yesterday, I think we saw maybe no two doubt. shots of his because he, you know, not in the mix. And there's just one last thing. Spoiler alert: is when CBS shows somebody who's like ten holes ahead of the action right. and twelve shots back, and Vern Lundquist goes moments ago. And you're like, why are we showing? There's two this? things, just like we used to do on the old NFL game day final. Why are we showing? Why are we showing you this play? It's either a big play or a boo boo. We would always say that. That's what it is. It's either a terrific shot or you'll never say. Like here's Tony Finau from underneath the trees, about 170 yards back, shooting what I would do, which is let me. I'm going to try and shoot this up the (laughs) neck in between the two bunkers, and I'm going to roll it up there. I've got this shot because I can get it underneath the tree. I got this shot. I hit a lot of great rescue shots. That's my best <laughs> shot in golf. I created the rescue shot in golf because that's what I do so well. All I'm right. going to do this. I'm going to shoot this up the neck, and it just hits hit something. the corner of the bunker, well, but I, I think? think? I think it hit a branch coming out of the tree, oh and it kind of God. redirected this missile that hit the corner crazy. of the bunker, popped up onto the green, and then hit the slope and damn near hold out. It was if and it didn't hit that little corner, it would have flew uh, so See you far, later. It would have wound up so in South Carolina. Far. Correct. It would have been amazing. Right. Yeah. Fun yeah, day. We can do that. When we come back, it's amazing how things constantly begin to echo when you bring something up here on the show. Last week, my baseball pet peeve <laughs> came home to roost <laughs> in the next nationally televised game. Oh, my gosh. That and your calls coming up. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You see stuff that's on the walls here when you walk in. There's a, a, a Goodfellas poster that I've had for ever. Really? Yes. Where'd you get it? I got it at a charity auction. Huh. You've taken it off the wall. Yeah, it's not my signature. What do you mean it's not your signature? This is not my signature, buddy. Down there? You got ripped off. No, I did not. Don't, yeah. You're I kidding me. I don't do a frou-frou L like that. And so I don't the, cross it. So that is like not that. yours, because it's signed by you, De Niro, and Pesci, and I spent at least four figures on this thing. Get out of here. Yes. You're a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could sign it for real. Yeah. At I'm, least I could double it. Play, do it. Do what you wish. If that is, it, Do you know if that's Pesci's? Do you know if that's Joe's? No, that's him. No, I know that's him. I, I know, do, I know. <laughs> You no, sure? We'll, we'll take care of it later, Rafi. Yeah. What do you got? He's got an axe. Are you serious? Do you, do you want it? Do you want the real? Yeah, sure. But uh, you know, I mean, it's gonna hurt the hurt the. Okay. You're... Oh no, it doesn't. Oh, that's there's you. You smacked yourself in your heart attack. I get, uh, we'll do it some... later. Okay. But that's not me. Yeah, you just banged yourself. <laughs> you just cracked the glass. So we could take it out. <laughs> smash the glass. I mean, you got that at this no, point. No, it's not glass. Though. It's not really glass. It's like a plexi. But we'll do it. We'll fix it. Okay. But you got ripped off. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. How is there are you a... feeling now, Rich? Knowing this. This He's holding on to the axe. Uh, All I, right, I... so ask me a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You, okay, you put the axe down. This is fantastic. I, I'm sort of, I don't even know where to go with this because that has been one of my most prized possessions for some time. And you are the real McCoy saying that it's not your signature. Yeah, no, it's not. I initialed it. Yes. Right for Gazy, and then we're done. I remember that day. Uh, it was also the day that we had Chris McDonald on, Shooter McGavin, because they were promoting yep. this. They were in the same uh, movie. Like Western, right? right? And they hadn't seen each other since the, since the shoot. And Ray Liotta was a post-tape. He, came, he couldn't come until after the show was over. We recorded that for the next day. He came out during the commercial break in the live show with Chris McDonald and just came out and just chit-chat. Remember that? Yeah. We're like, you got to go back like, to hey, your you green gotta, room. We're, we're and I'd play never this met Ray like... Liotta before. I'm a you know, diehard Goodfellow fan. I couldn't believe the first thing I had to say to Ray Liotta was like, would you please leave? <laughs> no, because he told you in a commercial that it was fake. And then it was like, all right, five, four. four. And, and my like, head was swimming what? like, what? My, my, you're, that's fake back there? And then yeah. he brought it out. That I didn't know he was going to have an ax and everything. <laughs> oh, was, my gosh. Yeah, I did tell him to go get a shine box. That did, in fact, happen. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> That's right. Go get your shine bucks. And your axe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unreal. That was wild. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Let's take this phone call here before we get into, uh, uh, well, actually, let's hold on to that because this is about what I'm about to talk about. Chris, you hang on in a second in Virginia. We'll get to you in a second. Remember what I told you last week, my pet peeve in baseball? Remember what I told you? I told you. Okay. Are you a guy who likes good news or bad news first? I'm a bad news guy first. 
I want to know the bad yeah, news I first. Yeah, I kind of want Because I like the good news in the end. So this Phillies-Braves series this weekend, good and bad in baseball. The good, the good and the great in the baseball and then just the bad. The bad is, again, like I told you last week, when Michael Conforto leaned in to win a game for the Mets on a pitch that the home plate umpire, Blue, had the right to call him out because he leaned in to a, the strike zone to be hit by a pitch that led to the winning run scoring. Um, that it just blew my mind that replay couldn't fix it because I guess it's too interpretive to say whether somebody leaned in. You can't review that. You can only review whether he got hit by a pitch, which he did, so run scores. That's, that's the thing that drove me nuts. But the thing that really drove me nuts, on top of the fact that Conforto's elbow is draped, is covered in armor, which means you just go ahead and lean in, doesn't matter. It's not like you're going to blow your elbow out taking that pitch on your elbow. <laughs> the thing that drove me nuts is the umpires, after they review it, just grunt at home plate and point it at home plate and leave us to interpret this. What does that mean? Game over? Plate run scores? What does that mean? What it? does that mean pointing to home plate? Like we don't know we don't know your sign language, sir. And baseball does not require its umpires or its umpires refuse to wear a microphone that allows everybody to hear what they have to say by flipping it on like any other official in major North American sports to explain what just happened in replay. If it says stands is called, you know what that means? It means we couldn't tell through replay. We can't tell through replay whether that's good or bad. Play has to stand is called. Not confirmed. Confirmed means we saw what we saw on the field in replay. It's confirmed. Stands means, well, we can't tell. And then, of course, reversal means reversal. But just explain it. Explain it. So last night, we saw... A Major League Baseball player missed home plate sliding into home plate. <laughs> missed it entirely. Plate was beautifully blocked. And uh, what would you say? Uh, uh, a bomb went off. And, <laughs> nice. and, and a left foot gets blocked from hitting home plate and lands to the batter's box, the, right, the left-handed hitter's batter's box side of home plate. Never hit home plate, the umpire who's staring at it calls him safe. Replay takes 19 hours to spit back the shrug emoji of stands is called. Can't tell. All right, I guess you couldn't tell what the, what did 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 a, a toe brush the plate? You can't tell that. You know, you could pretty much tell because ESPN was there on a Sunday night with Vaskersian and A-Rod. 90,000 high-definition 4K yeah, right, cameras exactly. are looking at this thing. His, his foot never hit home plate. Never. And the home plate umpires and the umpires are not required to tell the audience what happened. We're all left to guess. I guess they saw what? They couldn't tell? It's inconclusive? It comes back to the booth. It stands as called? All of baseball. Mike Trout's tweeting about it. Will Middlebrooks is tweeting about it. Justin Turner retweeted our friend Chris Rose today who said he thought it was a good call and his son didn't. And Justin Turner said it was absolutely brutal. Saw two angles that were clear. He never touched the plate and we get a call stands. I'm with everyone else. What's the point of replay? Here's the problem with this. You need replay, Justin Turner. You need replay. Everybody need it. You got to fine tune it. You got to let the people in the home office that's making these calls know we've got your back, even if you blow it. 
There's somebody, in the same way that pass interference, remember that was re- made reviewable in the NFL? And they ev- there was a hitch in their giddy-up every time it went in front of them. Every time. They just didn't want to interpret anything through replay. Hey, you want us to take a look through replay, whether that ball hit the chalk or not? We're in. You want to hit the replay to see whether somebody's ba- foot hit the base? We are in. You want to see if, like, like actually hit the base in the field? Hovering over the, the home plate? We're out. We're out. We're just not going to make the call. We're not going to make the call. That's number one problem with replay. But it makes it worse when the umps don't have to describe what they saw. If the umpires came on and say, after further review, the play stands is called. Even if you want to say that, that means I guess they just said it was inconclusive. Then you could bitch about replay. But at least you hear from the umpire. Right. Right. We're not sitting at home. The entire national TV audience that ESPN provides that MLB craves for all of us to have and see, we are now, you're now blowing it. You're blowing it because you're not requiring the umpires to go ahead and ex- describe what's happening. It makes it worse. It makes us feel you're not accountable. Makes it worse. Because you know what we should be talking about? We should be talking about the good. We should be talking about Acuna leading the game oh off gosh. with a routine ground ball to a guy with a howitzer of an arm in Didi Gregorius and beating it out. What? And then the next guy, Albies, takes it oppo. <laughs> That's what we should be talking about. We should talk about Harper going oppo 100 miles an hour Ooh. with an exit velocity. To, you know, 108. Okay, 108. I shortchanged him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we should also be focused on the fans in the stands, and we should be focused on servicing them and also tipping the cap to that father-son tandem that caught a Freddie Freeman home run wearing Phillies gear and found a Freddie Freeman fan to give the home run ball to, and then Freddie Freeman showing up before the game and surprising those two Phillies fans with an autographed Freddie Freeman ball, also autographed by Bryce Harper. This is what's great about baseball. I love it. Love it. Freddie Freeman deserves to be as famous as any North American sports star is or could be. He is a bona fide star. But we're talking about replay. Yes, we're constantly stuck on this. Good and bad at baseball this weekend. Just amazing. And... You know, will people call in and say, boy, that 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 Ronald Acuna Jr., he is so – I mean, and did I you saw – see his home run in the eighth? Like, by, by the way, I also – did you see the the uh, ground camera of him running the first? It didn't even look like he was running so damn fast. It looked like it was – it looked like a Little League 45 feet between bases. <laughs> That's what he made it look like. Yeah, he's and Gregorius amazing. didn't just lollygag and lob the throw. He fired it in there, and he beat it out. And then he, it added to another run – on the spot because yeah. Albies knocked him in. It was a fun game last night. It was night. great. It was. But we are all stuck. And the stars are tweeting about how this stinks. Mike Trout, a guy you don't um, ever hear from. The stars are tweeting about how it stinks because they feel that the umpires and baseball are not accountable. And if baseball is wondering, how do they feel that way? Because the umpires have to speak after the game. Because we are up there, you know what's with, you know, with different uh, with different ways to try and check their work, it's because you're not making the umpires talk to the fans and explain on the spot what's going on. And if the umpires are refusing, make them do it. 
Hour two coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike Trout tweeting about that last night. He's like, Tom Brady complaining about, about holding. The, and guess what the NFL did? They fixed it. They damn straight did. This is the equivalent. This is your superstar. You've got, and if the umpires are somehow pushing back as a union saying, we don't want to do it, too <laughs> bad. <laughs> too bad. You're already, according to Del Tufo, wearing a, a microphone because of what MLB, you know, productions or something. Right. You're already wearing a mic. Turn it on. We're not asking you to do it all the time. After further review, there's a spot. Stand there. Like, there should be like a big baseball X on the field. <laughs> Honestly, on the field, in between somebody's on-deck circle and home plate, and a fixed camera where an umpire walks to that spot, just like every major league, every NFL ref knows to face which way when they're making their call because the crew covering the game has the camera on that side of the field. They know just face there and they'll be found. And just turn on the mic after further review, the play stands is called. Or after further review, the foot, the foot hovered over home plate, never touched home plate. The call is reversed. The player, the player is out. What's t- so tough about that and if umpires are refusing to do it i don't know the answer to it if they are refusing to do it somebody's got to tell them what time it is look at the twitter feeds of the stars of the game who feel that they are unaccountable you are being made to look unaccountable and i'm sure umpires would be like how are we not held to account i get a report saying that you know this ball was six inches outside and i called it a strike and I now have a demerit or whatever the hell they do to actually look at this stuff. Yeah. They must think they're the most held accountable people on the planet. <laughs> and we're all sitting here at home thinking these guys have nobody looking after them because of two things. You're not able to speak your minds when we're asking you to. You're not willing to do it. And the other two words, Angel Hernandez. <laughs> Joe I'm West. serious. Country Joe West. Oh, my God. Last time he was right was at the end of Naked Gun. That's it. <laughs> Maybe the only time he was right. Or he cared to actually show Maybe he cared. The Maybe the only time. Kyle Pitts, hour two. <laughs>